0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host Brandon McKellar, and I've found a new TCG to be obsessed with, Brandon. It's bad. I know. I know. What is? You were right about just gateway drugs and TCGs and all this.
1: Yeah, like you should actually be doing hardcore narcotics instead of TCGs. God damn it
0: well and that's the thing uh for anybody that's unfamiliar uh i have a harry potter trading card game podcast so that's what like really was so the catalyst it's, it's super specific, so specific it was a game that only lasted for like two years and but now we have a revival anyway uh super hardcore into that i love that game the game is super fun uh it definitely got me interested in other things like i don't know i had a couple lord of the rings trading cards yeah. growing up and there's a game there I haven't played it seems complicated but want to get into that but no the one that i'm currently like now like very obsessed with and it's kind of hitting me out of nowhere is this game called metazoo and i think i brought it up on the program previously yeah it's all thanks to my co-host of my other podcast emilio he was the one telling me about it and man this game is so cool the artwork is just like the watercolor old school first edition pokemon style look and the idea is instead of it just being little pocket monsters it's cryptids and like uh i guess like uh urban legends and all these things that aren't necessarily uh factually in reality
1: <laughs> it's a public domain free license so that's what it is it's hey we don't have to pay anyone for these already existing. yes ideas. bigfoot
0: and things like this yeah, yeah, yeah chupacabra yeah. it's it's actually super cool and cute and that's the thing emilio told me about this deal he was like uh, i i'm in the position where we're getting a bunch of uh, product if you want in let me know and i was like all right i'm in let's see what this is all about and I'm opening my first booster boxes and building my first decks and stuff. And man, it's just straight a- addicting. And I love the artwork, the cards I'm pulling. I'm so excited. All right, and that's the thing about this game. There's what people call the chase card in any game when you're looking for like the the <laughs> most. In- Two Dragon. Trying to yeah, get that exactly, high. Charizard. You know, everyone yeah. was after the original Charizard in Pokemon. Oh, uh, God, the Heroin. equivalent. Yeah. It, it, well, Jesus, uh, the equivalent in this game is called Mothman, and I pulled my first Mothman. <laughs> it blew my socks off. It was actually very funny because my wife uh, was uh, unaware I'm even opening these cards, and she walks into the office as I pull it, and I'm like audibly gasping. She's like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "I pulled a Mothman," and she's like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, you don't know what that means." But no, <laughs> I, it was, exactly. But no, I was super hype about that. There's um other really cool ones out there. Uh, this one, Frog, the Loveland Frog uh frogman he's just so cute but anyway i'm really interested in this game i'm learning how to play it uh i really want to play it with my wife on stream in the future but yeah thought i'd start this episode off by saying i'm obsessed with a new tcg and it it is brand new this is first edition came i think their kickstarter stuff came out in 2020 but this game launched this year uh so yeah if you're interested check it out metazoo It, it combines a lot of uh facets of magic the gathering and pokemon so if you're interested in that universe like check out this new game it seems very promising i have a feeling there's a lot of pressure on it to like see will this game survive or not or is it very just much a short-lived like fluke
1: is this where this magic frog comes from this little frog wizard
0: yes 100 percent.
1: okay you sent a picture to me and yes it is adorable and i want to know everything about this little frog But looking at the cart, like, looking at the bottom where all the text is. It's
0: so fucked There's a lot of
1: (laughs) shit going on here. And I've played some of these games. I get it. I'm like, oh, this probably means this. There's a lot of shit in here.
0: Yeah, there is. But that's the thing about this. This character is a little bit of like a troll kind of thing, because I think the way you activate their ability is you blow them a kiss or something. So it's just but- like this game is so cute and just interesting. And yeah, the holographics are just beautiful to behold. Uh, but yeah, for anybody that has the nostalgia of wanting to like pull Pokemon cards, but obviously don't want to sink that kind of money into it. Like, don't get me wrong. This is going to be expensive because people are all like hype about this new product. Yeah, but I mean, he's you, it's there. It's more accessible than Pokemon, in my opinion, just because of, uh, especially if you're trying to get the old school cards. Good God. Just branding, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's how I'm starting this episode off. How are you, Brand?
1: <laughs> I'm doing good. I'll do it in another derailment that has nothing to do with that. Oh, here we games. go. Perfect. Speaking of Mothman, um, there's, huh? I got an art print from a convention a while back, and it's one of my favorites. And it's just of a little dumpy, like, Mothman-looking egg creature. And it's from uh, an artist called Jelly Coy K-O-E, Jelly. Oh, nice. Um, and it's just a little dumpy, like egg shaped moth man, and it just says the man, the moth, the legend.
0: God damn it! It,
1: it gets me every time I look. I'm like, that's gu- that's good. That's a that good really shit right is. There. Fuck. <laughs> it's one of my favorites, and it's like I I found it out of nowhere at a random like convention one day in like the artist alley. And I was like. Yeah, these are pretty neat, like, yeah. Some of these are pretty good. And I saw, them, and I was like, ah, oh, shit. Okay, there it is. I yep. just bought it immediately.
0: Sold that yeah. is good. Oh, God. That's cool.
1: Mothman's Mothman, it's it, understandable. I, I figured Bigfoot would probably be the, the dragon everyone's hunting after, the, the, the rare one. Um, but Mothman definitely has some gravitas to him and the cryptid mythos because, like. Everyone knows them. There's movies made about him and stuff. But something is just so strange about him. There's something alluring about them, And it's, you know, you see him and you see Mothman-like creatures in different media and stuff. Um, and there's a and d race called the Lyra, which is like a homebrew race that you can find on like the you know, Dungeon Masters Guild online or website. I forget exactly what it's called. Yeah. The Dungeon Master League. Um, but it's this uh, homebrew race someone made. And it's very well done. It's very fleshed out as this moth race. And there's like six or seven sub races to it. And they're all really well balanced and like have their own unique thing to them, which you don't find a lot of in homebrewed stuff. Um, so it's very impressive. Uh, but yeah, I've been itching to play one of them ever since I found it because I am moth people. They're I don't know. They're neat. I don't know why. What's they are. I don't
0: mean? know either. It's just interesting. Uh, But yeah, and that was the thing when I first pulled my Mothman, I was like okay, I gotta look up how much this is worth and if you do just like a a simple Google search, uh, the first thing that comes up is someone trying to sell one for fourteen hundred dollars, and I'm like, okay, uh, I don't—that's not right. Well, but that's yeah. because there's the Kickstarter edition of these cards, so there, there's that's even more fair, rare. rare versions of these yeah. uh, cards that everyone. It's like, oh, if there's a little K over there, that means yeah. it's worth even more. So mine isn't a Kickstarter version, but regardless, even still, I think it goes anywhere from like eighty to a hundred and fifty dollars. It's just like, man, that's almost like half the price of a box. So like. You're like we were saying on previous episodes when you're like trying to get the chase card and like make back on your investment. People like apparently I got a good box, so I'm pretty happy with it.
1: That's surprising considering how new it is and it's Kickstarter. Like I'm surprised it's that high. Um, but like yeah, the, you can never gauge the value of something by how much someone's selling it for. <laughs> right. you gauge it by how much someone paid for it because you can sell whatever for however much you want. No one will buy it.
0: Right, and that's, it's funny we're talking about that. I also sold recently my copy of the card game Monikers. Uh, I bought the McElroy edition back when they were oh, kickstarting yeah. that all the, like, that many years ago. I bought it in hopes that one day, like, I don't know, my family or friends, like, would all get <laughs> together and play this. It's like, I'm the only one who knows what a McElroy even is. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, I, I just, like, finally came to terms, like, this thing's in perfect condition. Uh, let me just uh, go to on a Mabim um, Bambino podcaster group and see if anybody's interested. Yeah. And good God, apparently those things are sought after and, uh, yeah, out of print, clearly. Uh, I sold know. mine for $80. I, I wow. never would have expected that. So, yeah, that was pretty cool
1: turn a profit on that limited edition swag
0: yeah definitely but uh, i'm sad i never got to play the game but the person that <laughs> bought it for me was like this is my only mcelroy merch i'm missing i'm like uh, you're the perfect
1: buyer then i'm there so happy go. it's going to you i remember i had a bunch of digimon figurines that were like little like Plasky uh figures that were like an inch high and like it yep. was like a series they made they just made like every digimon ever into these little like waxy like inch high figures and i had so many i had like a little like Digimon branded briefcase thing that like fit them all in. <laughs> I remember selling that some dude off like 4chan back when I was trolling like, 4chan a lot. Uh, <laughs> gave me some absolute bonkers bullshit fake name of like
0: Exile
1: like Warlock or something. I'm like, this is a demon from the Bible. That's no one's name. Like, that's yeah. not. Um, and I remember him just going nuts for it. Like, I gotta have this. Like, I gotta complete my collection. I was like. I don't know, like, like, I don't know, 50 bucks? He's like, yeah, I can do that. And I was like, all right, cool. And and costing me that much just to ship it out to the dude. But he was like freaking out, like, all right, I can pay you the money right now, uh, but I won't be able to afford to rent. So I might be like, risky. <laughs> I was like, dude, A, it's just fucking Digimon, <laughs> right. B, you're the only buyer See, if you can't afford rent by fifty dollars, you gotta figure your life out. That's not
0: good. And why are you even considering buying these figurines right now? Oh man,
1: great! Like I'm, I'm a fan of stuff. I can be a big fan of stuff. I've never become obsessive to the point where like I need the limited edition version. Like none of these were even limited. Like I played with these as a kid. That like half of them were broken. But like, yeah, that's the problem.
0: With this, like, limited stuff, like, I had this booster box, and I was even in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna put this in a drawer for 20 years, this thing's gonna be worth so much, (laughs) and that's another thing, I was like, I have this booster box, I'm gonna do one booster back per stream, I'm gonna make this last, I'm, I, I'm like, there's, like, five left or something at this point, and I'm like, it's just, I can't, I have no control over myself, This it's so fun opening these packs, and, uh, yeah, I just, it, it's very much just an addicting thing. So yeah, don't get into TCGs. I think that's the <laughs> PSA we're starting off with.
1: It's it's very literally the same part of your brain that gets addicted to gambling. It's God like, damn it! Oh, there's always one more. There's there's always another chance. Oh, what if? What if? What if? And it's like don't don't ever say what if because it can be anything. But then it's like you open it and it's not that thing. Then you lost you know eighty percent of your investment. So like, I think. Yeah.
0: When I have a problem is when I start sending off cards to get graded. I, that's where people are like really taking it super seriously. I and think uh, you,
1: I think you hit a problem when you're willing to oh, spend God it, over a hundred dollars right. on cards. That's <laughs> where I draw the line.
0: Yeah, I am an adult and I can do with, what I want. With I my mean, money. hey,
1: if you got the money to burn, but like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think. But my poor
0: rent. No, I'm just kidding. It's- <laughs>
1: the black lotus uh, magic the gathering guy. Like, I just no.
0: <laughs> that's apparently there's an equivalent to the black lotus and I pulled one it's called the chaos crystal or something or energy I think it's crystal what? but I don't uh, even know yeah. what game
1: you're talking about anymore
0: uh no uh metazoo they, they have Still. like a black yeah black lotus equivalent and uh it's it's gorgeous but that's the thing I, if I'm not mistaken black lotus and some cards are like banned so I have a feeling this game is going to get a lot of adjustment as uh time c- progresses but Let's see how it does. I'm curious to see if it gains in popularity or just kind of uh, has its core fan base and doesn't really grow.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's totally got a fan base already who's willing to spend an absurd amount of money for little pieces of cardboard. Oh, yeah, it's um,
0: selling out left and right.
1: Yeah, but it, just looking at it, it, it's it's all about the barrier to entry for new players, because that's how you keep a community growing and like expanding, is you have to get new players. Yeah. So we talked about that with... Um, Various video games, I forget exactly at this point. Like maybe like Rocket League and stuff. Uh, sure. Or like uh, Fall Guys, where uh, you you have to get new people. You can't just have the same people playing forever because those people are going to gradually drop off naturally. Either they lose interest. Some of them get sick and can't physically play anymore. Some of them get die. Like you know, if you only retain the certain fan base and never grow, that fan base will slowly deteriorate and wither. Eventually, no matter how long it takes, it will happen. Oh, yeah. So you need to... That's why when people are like, oh, why aren't they catering to the veterans who play this game all the time, who love this game and spend all much money? You need the new players or else it won't matter how much that whale is pumping into your game because that's just going to be one person. You need to keep getting the new people in and getting the you a know, new audience. So if the barrier to entry with the game is too high, either it's too expensive to get these cards, or it's too difficult to actually get these cards, or if the game itself is just too difficult to play or understand... It's going to have a rough time getting those new players. Because, yeah, like like I said, even as someone who's familiar with a fair amount of card games and a bunch of nerdy shit, looking at that frog wizard who is adorable as shit, I... That's a lot of text. Like, that's like, like modern-day gi Oh cards, where it's just, like, two bricks of a paragraph.
0: And a like, bunch of icons heart. and just, a like, symbols. symbols. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I agree with you on that. Like, as somebody that only has played Harry Potter trading card game, which is fairly simple, uh, this looks a little bit intimidating. But again, a lot of it seems like flourish text, just, like, just goofy. Like, yeah. I think they're trying to, like, just kind of... Um, put off like their own like kind of personality within the cards
1: like world building through the cards and stuff. Yes. Yu-Gi-Oh did a lot of that early on where it's just like, here's the monster. Here's an italicized like sentence or two. And that just gives you a description of the world or where the monster's from or what it is. Exactly. But now to the point where every monster has an effect, every monster is an effect card. And now the monsters that were previously effect cards are like double effect cards or like fusion forms or, you know, all this other shit. And now they just have a small novel inside those cards or it's hard to understand. As far there are certainly some for Magic Gathering that do that, where it's a lot of text. But as far as I can tell for most of Magic Gathering, they keep it pretty simple down there in the text box, which is definitely a big appeal for like people learning how to play. It's like, oh, there's only you know one or two sentences. I you know, I can read that and figure out what's happening pretty easily. The caveat being with magic, as far as I can tell, is there's a lot of keywords. That means certain things like, ah, this character could do trample. It's like, oh, so we can just like run over. No trample is a specific move set that certain creatures have. And it does this thing. So it's got certain keywords that it is basically this word represents seven other words. And that's how we're keeping the text box small on these cards. There's a lot of key phrases and words within magic cards. So that's kind of a barrier of entry of like trying to understand what all of those specialty terms are
0: same what? with this game actually with metazoo that's one thing I will kind of uh dock them points for is uh yeah. they can com- make it confusing with uh cards are called pages your deck is called spellbook and then uh. i feel like as you're like g- like contracting a, a beast or something like the those words all suck uh yeah. but then there's i think there's another one in there too that i can't uh, put my finger on but it's just like you oh it's when you draw a card it's called bookmarking and i'm like y'all could just That's stick That's not with, intuitive. It, it, no it's not you could literally and any card that says bookmark two cards or something you're just like uh you what draw now two. it yeah. just say draw two <laughs> so yeah i think other people have made those similar complaints but it again it's them trying to have their own kind of like established I don't want to say flavor, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. A, like, yeah.
1: Branding identity. Yes, exactly. Um, and that's definitely something you want for a brand. That's something that helps build your brand and cement your foothold in the community and stuff. But like with all that terminology, that makes me think that that seems like it'd be appropriate in the Harry Potter game where you're, so, you're doing spells. Spells, and a yeah. Spell book, and all that stuff. You're That'll not make wrong. makes sense for a wizard based game. If it's just cryptids and weird animals... That seems like it has fucking nothing to do with you know spell. Well, I it's guess
0: where hard. they get away with that is the whole point of the game is you're a caster. <laughs> so See, I guess like, that's yeah.
1: <laughs> that's confusing to me. Even Magic right. Gathering, you're, you're uh, equivalently a planeswalker leading your army between different dimensions, and the, your army is the deck you have of monsters. Even that's kind of confusing. But it really doesn't have anything to do with the game itself. That's just the lore and world building of the Magic Gathering world. Right. Not, they don't call you like, ah, the plane walker, you know, rips five souls from this dimension. It's like, no, he just draws cards. Like he just. <laughs> we know this is a card game. We're not going to make it more confusing than it needs to be. Right. So, yeah, that could definitely hinder it a bit.
0: Uh, And the lore with MetaZoo is kind of funny because, like, the the world you're in is the continental USA. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) It's just like you look at the map and it's like, oh, yeah, Mothman's in West Virginia. It all makes sense.
1: That's the thing. If it's based on cryptids, which are just urban legends in the real world setting, like. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, you're going to kind of be locked into the place they're based out of. Right. And there, there are certainly cryptids and myth legends and urban legends and stuff all across the planet. You know, there's plenty of them. But which it I'm seems thinking
0: like, that might be future expansions or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, maybe. But like, it's definitely going to be harder when it's like, you know, someone over in Europe is like, "Oh, I got Mothman based out of West Point, Virginia." What the fuck is this? They're like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, so it it's kind of American centric, which could also be hindering. So it's just it's tricky. It's you know, you're you're writing the known properties of cryptids that people are aware of. But also, they're going to be dependent on the myth and like urban legends that are out of your control, sort of. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I mean, hey, you got people spending hundreds of dollars on these cards already. Already. Yeah, that's what I mean. The artwork,
0: the artwork selling it, the game, I think, has to be good. I'm learning it myself right now. So, once I'll report back on that if the game's actually fun, but already I've said Harry Potter is a very fun game. I could see me playing that a lot. Uh, yeah. but yeah, we'll see. Uh, but this is a video game podcast for anybody new. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, at this point we just do whatever the fuck we, <laughs> we want. We almost hit
1: 20 minutes on card yeah. games. And-
0: well, that's the thing. We don't have too many video games to talk about this week. Go figure yeah. up that being said, I guess I'll start with the games I've been playing. I
1: had, like, four last week. Stop your bitching, That's fair.
0: No, you, no, you're doing pretty Judge good. Judge Greg. Uh, better than me. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm playing Harry Potter the Lego games, uh, years one through four currently. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that's what I'm going to be streaming tonight. It's either that or Pokemon Sword. My Switch was dead when I went to go live with that recently. I was like, fuck. And the thing <laughs> with the Switch is, like, it needs, like, a charge for, like, a fucking hour or something before it even, like, get comes back. So I was like, yeah. I don't... That sucks. So yeah, uh, one of my streams where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be playing Pokémon Sword. Everyone turns out we were playing Fall Guys. Uh jokes on you. Uh but no. Uh, I think it's <laughs> too, like
1: it, it's so it can actually have a decent amount of charge before you start playing it. instead of like charge it for, you know, 2 minutes, play it for 2 minutes, charge it for 2 minutes, play it for 2 yeah. minutes, charge. And it's like we're going to require like a minimum hour otherwise what's the point of, you know, charging it?
0: That's a good point. Yeah, and I've run into that multiple times and it's always frustrating, but it's my own damn fault for letting it get to that point. So <laughs> yeah,
1: I just <laughs> leave was- it in the dock whenever I'm Exactly
0: that makes sense but yeah so harry potter uh lego game pretty fun so far it is just like very collect which is what i'm setting out for it's gonna be just like a late laid-back experience hopefully the uh, the viewers and stuff in the chat can help me like uncover some stuff i might be missing but uh yeah and that still playing fall guys season five is pretty awesome i did get my first crown on the new final lost temple so that was very satisfying and i'm trying to think of anything else uh important happened? not really (laughs) the game has been pretty glitchy honestly i have a few funny clips on my twitch channel uh for like just like insane glitch moments in that game so yeah uh but yeah having a lot of fun with that still and i'm trying to think what else uh looking for a phone game can't find one please listeners get in touch with us tweet at us if you know any good (laughs) mobile games uh, and th- oh that was a thing that people were like bitching about they were saying like oh the free games coming to PlayStation for the month of August are going to suck ass and then it <laughs> turns out they don't I'm, I don't uh, honestly remember what they are I'm going to look them up real quick
1: Well, first off they're free so like chill your nuts like, yeah true <laughs> I mean you know technically it's not for your are paying for PlayStation Plus but PlayStation Plus also does other things beyond just those games so you could easily not have those free games if you don't want them
0: yeah, well, oh, actually, all right. Here we go. These, yeah, I found them. It's Hunters Arena Legends. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, Plants vs Zombies: Battle for Neighborhoodville, which eh, people people fine. say plant vs. zombie games are actually very good. And then the other one is Tennis World Tour Two. So no, that's right. That's why the internet's complaining. I understand it, but again, like you said, we're well. And when I say free, it's. You're paying for the service. You're paying, uh, whatever it is a month or a year for the PlayStation Plus service, which really all it does is give you access to like the online capabilities of the platform. And it gives you access to these free games, uh, in air quotes. But yeah, I remember last year in 2020, I think what was it? March or May. One of those months was like just absolutely atrocious with like just games that nobody gave a shit about. So yeah, everyone's already starting to make comparisons, but man, I could have, maybe I'm just like, in living in a dream world, I could have sworn they like this is what people were speculating were the free games, and then there was different games that were the actual free games. I'm probably just wrong.
1: I mean, it, it, it's the same with like what games are on the front page of any store, like the Steam store or the Nintendo East Shop store stuff. There's always some background politics going on of how they decide what game is what. It's never going to be like, hey, the new Lord Croft Tomb Raider game that came out last month, what? It's free? Like, that'll never happen. So, yeah, it's going to be either an older game or a game people aren't as familiar with or don't really care about or just not as good games. But, you know, they still have the budget or money to, you know, put it out there and free get people's eyes on it. So, but, like, yeah, the PlayStation Plus membership allows you to do other things as well. So it's not just a free, like, get these three free games a month service. So there is other stuff you're getting with it. But also, it is a free game. If you don't like it, Don't buy, don't download them. And
0: don't, yeah, don't complain. (laughs) Yeah,
1: if you do like them, hey, you got a free game. It's that simple. Hey, I went to the supermarket and they were giving out free samples of, you know, caramel salted, you know, shrimp on a stick. I'm allergic to seafood. What the fuck is this about? Hey, don't eat the shrimp on the stick if you're allergic to shrimp on the stick. (laughs) Like, it's that simple. Just don't bitch about it because you don't have to do anything. That's That's people who have too much free time and... Are feeling entitled, believing that they deserve good quality free games. Guess how those games are made, dipshit? Yeah. You have to <laughs> spend money on them to pay the companies. That's Gamers how a commie works.
0: Entitled? No, never, never. Uh, but no. Th- uh, conversely, uh, the PlayStation Now service, which is their like uh, cloud gaming service, that is more expensive, an additional thing you can pay for monthly. Uh, they're offering some really cool games. Uh, now for free. Uh, with a- again, air quotes. What? Uh, uh, for the month of August, are uh, and moving forward, uh, they are introducing Near Automata Hell and yeah. Undertale and Ghost Runner. So I'm like, man, those are some heavy hitters. So Ghost I remember nowhere, I man. was. Sub- Subscribe to PlayStation Now for a month or two just to see what it was about. I remember playing like Jeopardy and nothing like a A game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, no, uh, this seems pretty exciting for anybody that does subscribe to that service. So very so this, cool.
1: This is the background politics I was talking about. People already know what PlayStation Plus is. They've had it since PS3. I, I had it when I had it for a five minutes. Yes, exactly. So, like, it's been around. This new service, they're trying to sell that. They're trying to move that and trying to entice people to buy that. How do you get people entice people to buy it? Give good games that people know about and want to play if they haven't already played them, or played right. again if they have already played. Them. That's when you do the big AAA titles like Automata or the classic indie darling like Undertale, or something new that's eye-catching and also an indie, uh, not a darling quite yet, but an indie studio like Ghost Runner. I've heard good things about that, but it's yeah, definitely a more. I think double A studios have a AAA. So, yeah, yeah. That's how you entice people to do a new service or product by giving them something to spend money on. As opposed to PlayStation Plus, which is probably still making a decent amount of money or making as much as it ever has, but I doubt it's ever going to grow from where it was at its peak. I think it probably plateaued and bottomed out a bit, but it's still raking in casually a decent amount of money to keep it Oh, for
0: sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And it explains now why I was confused to begin with. It's like, oh, the bad games are coming to PlayStation Plus, but the good games are coming to PlayStation now. It's like, okay, fuck, I'm just getting my services confused.
1: Yeah, maybe the PlayStation will eventually offer a service that does both what Now and what Plus does on one service, and then they have a third service that they could try and sell you on. Oh, and, God. Jag jack up the price. This is how Digital Age works.
0: Yep. But so. that's my gaming update. I don't, again, don't have too much going on. Uh shit did i play anything on the switch i feel like i did and i just can't even remember uh if if i think of it i'll i'll report in but oh that's something i want to just shout out it was more or less for show topics but i'll uh, since i'm talking about the switch mm. there's a black pink island coming to animal crossing new horizons uh and for people that don't know what black pink is it's a k-pop group is. oh my god i'm so excited
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> I have nothing to contribute to that. <laughs> that's completely fine. That's all good.
0: It's K-pop. I didn't expect much from Brent.
1: I, it's, it got me. It's, you know, it's singing and dancing.
0: Dude, they've been around for five years. They have like a movie coming out Do you know or how something. little
1: time that is? In
0: the yeah, I know, and the, but all I got to say about it is in that little time, they've just set the world on fire. Their their fucking music videos have billions of views. It's not even like, that's like one sixth of our planet's population. Like, What?
1: Doug, I've been outside, I've been out of college for more than five years. If you think I've spoken to anyone in that time about anything relevant, topical, or hip, you're Yeah, you're I know. Out and that's the sad thing. I, I'm
0: the first person to be like, I don't subscribe to anything mainstream, but they kick ass. Blackpink, I'm coming to your island in Animal Crossing soon.
1: That sounds like a threat. No, it's, a, it's <laughs> uh, friendly. I promise. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. In your area. It right, sounds anyway. like a Far Cry, like Far Cry 7. Isn't oh, that God a it. plot? It might uh, be. It might be.
0: But how about you, Brandon? Have you been playing anything new or interesting?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Beat Death's Door. I talked about that uh, plenty last time. Um, what was going on? Oh, there's a game I played a demo of uh, a while back, and I just forgot to mention it. Uh, but it's a game called Greek. Now, this is a game that's going to have some bad SEO. Yeah, like the yogurt? No. Oh, Okay. Imagine freak, but with a G. Oh God damn! So it. it's G R E A K. That is, I just immediately That's go back to the time. writing
0: board. Yeah, no, yeah. just throw that one in the trash and start over.
1: That's it's also like the country. Is um, it an acronym? Acronym? Like I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. I think it's. Uh, I think it's the main character's name. I forget already. Um, it's not like it's it's uh one of those classic indie darling side-scrolling metroidvania games QC art style with like little you know fant- fantasy creatures um it, it's it's great game but it's just like i think the main character's name is greek but there's not a lot of dialogue or you know any text at all really in it okay um so it's i, I forget already also i played this like a month and a half ago i just forgot to talk about it till now um but yeah it, it it is a good game but yeah that name is going to be rough to like Pinned down, like I—I I mean, sp- even just trying to find the trailer, I had a little bit of trouble. Even just saying like Greek Switch game, and they're like, "Do you mean a game that's d- developed in Greece?" Like my big fat Greek Greece? wedding. And it's like, <laughs> "What do you what do you mean?" It's like, "No, like this specific one." So like, just name alone is going to be rough for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, indie game, side-scrolling Metroidvania sort of game, uh platformer a la like Hollow Knight and stuff like that. Hell yeah! Uh, beautiful colors. Uh, the kind of unique thing about this game is it's a fun platforming side-scrolling adventure, but you play as three characters. So that's the thing that kind of breaks it out from a lot of Metroidvanias. And from what I've seen, the demo I played, A, it's got a demo, which I love to see. Because, like, you know, 60 bucks is a decent amount of money. You don't want to just throw it in blindly and go like, well, this sucks. Time to refund this and deal with that ordeal. Right. Like, with the demo, it's like, hey, I I got an idea what this game's about. I'm, you know, I'm kind of interested. I'll, I'll check it out when it actually comes out. Um, you play as three characters. Uh, one of them is a like, typical, like fighter sort of, you got a sword, you roll, you have like, a combat role and stuff. You have a crossbow. Um, one of the downsides of the crossbows, you have, you have limited ammo and it's really hard to see the arrows. There's no like arrow pointing down like, Hey, there's an arrow over here. It's like, I, I'll be running around and I'll pick up a few arrows and not even realize it. Cause they're just laying on the ground and I can't see them at all. Right. Um, So there's probably some few things they could be working out uh, with this demo afterwards. Um, But yeah, so one guy's just got the sword and the combat roll and the arrows and stuff, and he's just a combatant sort of style. Uh, The girl is (laughs) like typical, uh, you know, video game fantasy tropes. Uh, The girl's the magic caster. Yep. um, And she has ranged attacks, but it's not too far. It's probably like, say like 10 or 15 feet in front of her. It's got a limited range for the screen. Um, but she's got an infinite amount of it, so she it just has a cooldown after using so much of it. And the magic bar is used for everything. She can jump and float like Peach and Mario, you know, Super Mario Bros. Two. Uh, but that requires magic, so you gotta just manage your cooldown. Um, and then there's a third character which I didn't get to play as, but I saw in the trailer and on the art and stuff for it. Looks like a big, like heavy armor, like has a spear and shield sort of character and stuff. So he's like the tank sort of like brute guy. Um, but yeah, you run around, you collect little trinkets, you fight little monsters and stuff. It's pretty standard Metroidvania, but it's fun, it's got a cute art style. Chris yeah, the knows art what the is story incredible.
0: Is. Yeah, man, this looks really cute.
1: Yeah, it's very charming and stuff, and it's it's not like uh Uyad, I forget, where they got a cinematic trailer or like an animated trailer, and it looks fun, and it's actually in the game. It's not completely unrelated to the game, like uh, the one game OEJ. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, um, but yeah, the cool thing with this is you're managing three characters, or as far as the demos concerned, two characters at a time, and uh, you just group them together, and you'll just switch whichever one's dominant. The fun thing is, or the well done thing is, the character that you're not playing as will follow along, and still has some semblance of control. Like they'll they'll or. Uh, not control, the opposite of control, uh, autonomy, um, they will still function on their own. If an enemy walks up to either one of them and they're not being controlled, they'll still defend themselves. Nice. They're, they're not going to be as good as you like with any real tactics or skill. Sure, yeah. But they'll, they'll stand there and they'll shoot them to death or slash them with a the sword. To death. Like They'll defend themselves and maybe move around a bit to avoid it. So it's not like, all right, I got to take control of the you know, fighter. Magical's just going to die wherever she is.
0: Yeah, because there's nobody controlling her, therefore she has no conscience.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it changes from, I'm playing three characters, or it changes from like just a generic escort mission for, as a game to, I'm playing as three characters with their own independence and stuff. That's cool. Which is very convenient. Like Once I saw that, I was like, ooh, that's like, you still want, to, you, they can still be overwhelmed, they can still be killed when you're not playing as Oh, stuff, sure, obviously. yeah, yeah. So you want to put them in a safe area. But say, for example, like I put one of the characters in a safe area, and all of a sudden, you know, a little slime monster appeared and started attacking the fu- the you know, warrior character I'm not playing as. He's still alive. He's still off on his own, defending himself. But I, you know, I don't have to rush back and micromanage you know three characters while I'm trying to get the main puzzle done. Exactly. So that was very neat, and they do it pretty well. There's a there was a few things that was not clear. Some of the mechanics or combat was not clear. Um, I got to a boss fight, which is the end of the demo, and I was really struggling with this boss fight. It was really fucking hard. And then I found out you can triangle jump up a wall like, you know, Metroid or Mega Man, where you jump and then, like, jump away from the wall and then go back to the wall and you can go a little higher and you can keep jumping to, like, move navigate your way up the wall that way. You can stick to the wall, sort of. Yeah. That made the combat a hundred times easier. And that was never made clear to me in the demo. I don't know if it will be in the actual game. Okay. But there was never a point where you actually had to triangle jump or like scale up a wall that way. Huh. But that is such a useful tactic when the boss, who was very simple, was just a bigger character with like a club that would swing at you with the club. And if you got too far away, he would charge at you and ram the wall. And then when you got him past half health, he kind of went to berserker mode where he would swing the club three times. And then when he charged to do the ram attack, he would bounce against the wall like three times and then hit the wall on the last one and get, like, stunned. Okay. So, with that character, I was like, oh, he's got a club. I just got to stay out of melee range. I'll just do the caster girl with the magic and just shoot him from far away. And consistently would get him down to half health every time. No problem. Pretty easy. And then anytime he started rampaging, I had trouble and would die. But as soon as I learned that you can climb up the wall that way, I would just climb up the wall while he was running around. Because anytime he hit the wall, he kind of stun he kind of shook the ground and stunned anyone that was on the ground. And your jumps in it are just barely high enough to get over him when he's charging at you. Yeah. But you land almost immediately after that. So when he charges at you and you jump over him, and as you're hitting the ground, he's hitting the wall and stuns you, and it kind of gets stun locked. Because the jump is so short, you don't have enough time to recover from, ah. like, from like landing and then jump again when it comes back at you. Yeah. So you'll jump over him, he'll hit the wall, stun you, and then he'll immediately run back and hit you again. And it's like a guaranteed hit. Ugh. So being able to just scale up the wall higher, and when he ran into the wall, it didn't and avoid stun that- you. Yeah. yeah. so I would just go way up on the wall when he was charging, and then when he got tired of charging, I would come down and wail on him a bit, and it became... So much easier, but it was, yeah, I was gonna
0: say not knowing that uh, yeah. mechanic, yikes!
1: Yeah, so it reminded me of like Death store where the final boss and that would slow you down, and you would be able to break out of that. But at no point did I ever need to break out of that. I was able always able to avoid yeah, the attacks before I, that. Yeah, so because of that mechanic was never explicitly introduced, and I never you can't really experiment with that type of stuff, especially when it's a boss mechanic Mm -hmm. because you only encounter that in the boss fight. And sometimes you'll die trying to figure it out and it's not clear. And that's why game design, you want to introduce stuff like that earlier in a dungeon or in a level. Yeah. Um, So stuff like that. So like I said, there's some stuff they could be working on. They could be fine tuning, uh, but a lot of it's really cool. It's a platformer where you can actually swim, which is borderline unheard of in any game I've ever played. Um, So there's like little water levels and stuff um and yeah it's cool where you can even go to different areas with the characters you can go to different like sections of the castle you're exploring or wherever it is the cave system so nice. you don't all have to be on the same screen or like the same area at the same time you can swap back between them and stuff yeah that's so interesting it's not like pink uh pikmin where you're just got like a little group of you know random people following you around like no they're they're pretty independent they're all heroes you can swap between them and yeah, you know, they'll handle themselves and stuff um so it's pretty neat it's you know, like as a demo. I'm not sure when the actual game is coming out. I think maybe. I
0: late. think I see the release date is actually this month. Available August 17th. Uh, Greek oh. Memories of Azer.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. So later this month. Um, so maybe they won't be able to fine tune some of the stuff I complained about. Um, <laughs> Fair. But yeah, I, I I just was scrolling through. I don't know where I saw this. Maybe on like one of Nintendo's like directs so that they were just streaming randomly throughout the years. Or maybe like the eShop, where it's just like, hey, what demos do you have that I can like play around with and experience? Oh, yeah. And this is one of them. Um, I'd say it's pretty neat for a $60 game. I'd say if it's anything less than $6, it's pretty damn good. Oh, so, yeah. So definitely, like price wise, will be dependent. But yeah, for like a little indie uh, Metroidvania game with like multiple characters, you know, a unique twist to it. Pretty neat. And yeah, like I said, the art was probably the most compelling thing for me. So I definitely
0: looks that's cute as hell.
1: Out. Yeah. Uh, so I played that a while back uh and then besides that uh yeah like i said not much hollow knight anymore because i want to save that for like the plane ride and stuff when i you know i'm not near wi-fi fair um finished that Thor. talking about that knockout city you got the new season of that playing with some friends uh my one friend who's pretty big into knockout city uh who's getting pretty competitive with it it's like all right we gotta do this we gotta do this uh what tactics does this guy use we gotta plus strategize and me and my other friends like, what what no, what? No, I'm not paying attention to what they're doing. Are you kidding me? No, I just, I throw a ball. You know, ugh, ugh, me caveman, empty head. I get ball, yes. I throw a ball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, like, some of the strategy, it's just, there's, it's so high energy with that game. It's just like, it's hard to really strategize because it's just so fast-paced. Uh, there definitely is strategy, though. I, I'm exaggerating, but they're, it's just like, got like, one level is a parking garage and each level has little gimmicks. Uh, the parking garage gimmick is there's like tubes, like uh, uh, like at the bank, uh, the the I forget what they're called, the tubes where you put like a money order and put it in the tube, it's it sucked up in, into the bank, and then they launch it back out to you. Um, yeah, there's those around the level, so you can get sucked up in a tube and go halfway across the map really quickly. I hate this level. I've realized the, probably the most because if it's parking garage structure, it's not in an actual parking garage. It's like a futuristic, post punk apocalyptic. Society, sort of thing, so it's, you know, it's different. Um, but there's a lot of walls, there's a lot of fences, a lot of ceilings, and the camera is behind your character. And if the camera floating around hits the wall, it like zooms in on your character and stuff. And kind of reminds me of like Mario 64 where I'm fighting the camera most of the time. I hate that. I'm not amazing at this game, but I would attribute a lot of my deaths and not knowing what's happening is because the camera, like, what I was turning around as I was moving. And the camera hit a wall and zoomed in for, uh, closer to me and narrowed my field of view, so I didn't see what was happening as well. And I ran yep. off the of edge or something. That's so,
0: relatable, yeah,
1: yeah. So the camera—it's really struggling with the camera a lot of the time. in matches, so that can kind of get annoying. It'd be great if, like, if the camera was not physically in the game. You don't see, you don't see like a liquido floating around every player. Or sure, something. Um, but it's clear it's got physics to it where it would collide with objects. And stuff yeah. it'd be great if it went through a wall and then the wall would just be transparent from the other side like a two like a two-way or one-way mirror sort of thing yeah because uh, there are plenty of games that have done that that's not like a revolutionary idea but that would be great where it's like yeah that way the camera's not moving constantly with my player um but yeah besides that we're be playing like a lot of the ranked matches it's like double xp weekend right now so there's a lot of that going on um it's fun. It gets really, like I said, just so high-paced. It gets chaotic as hell. Uh, still real buggy. Still real buggy. We'll be Dang. in a match. The match will start. We'll still see the like uh, little thing in the bottom right corner saying, looking for a match, as we're playing a match. And then a, <laughs> a minute into the match, it'll be, match found. And we go, what? And then we all get pulled out of that match. What? Oh, wow. That is real buggy. Wow. That's happened multiple times. Like, that's that is easier funny. one of the bugs. Other bugs, like I've talked about, where I'm like, I just went blind for a round, or that character's invisible and no one can see that. Like, it's a lo- wow. as, as fun as this game is, especially with friends, it's a lot of bugs.
0: Yeah, that's. I know I was ta- alluding to some of the bugs in Fall Guys earlier. One was so crazy, and I think I even have the clip of it, where I won a Fall Mountain, on a, and I absolutely should not have. There was like three or four beans in front of me. Sure, some of them jumped early for the crown and like missed, but one of them, you can clearly see it in the clip, is grabbing the crown, and then gets sucked up up inside of the crown, and then they <laughs> don't win. And I was uh, like, what just happened? And then I went and got the win, and I felt like I just cheated, but I didn't. It was the game glitching them out. out. I don't, yeah. yeah, So and apparently that's a very common glitch in that, too. So, yeah, yeah get weird. your glips, your glitches fixed, games. Uh, do you ever see yourself playing, like, a tournament in Knockout City?
1: Uh, I could see a tournament, yeah, because it is... It, it It's kind of... I I never get big competitive with this stuff. Like, it's just like, hey, it's a game. Sometimes, you know, you grouped up with a random person who's not good or has got a shitty All the time. Yeah. But I know playing, like, Overwatch, like, Mark would get pretty heated or some of our friends get very competitive. (laughs) I'm so great. Why didn't I win? It's like, because you got five other people that ain't doing shit. Like, it happens, man. Um, With Knockout City, I could definitely see tournaments happening if they wanted to have them. It's hard to do, though, because. I don't know. Like, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of bugs to it. It's kind of funky at times. Um, not a ton of lag. I haven't. The, the, there's moments, but not a ton of like characters glitching because of lag or like the game slowing down because of lag, which is good. So they got like something going right with the netcode, like optimized yeah. on that regard. But like, it would be so hard because some people, I don't know if they have faster reflexes and I'm just old, or if it's just like they have like better gear or systems. Some people can like seem to automatically catch any ball you throw at them. And the only way to actually knock them out is if you throw two balls at them with you and your teammate. That way they catch one ball and they can't catch the second one quick enough. Right. Yeah. There's some people we played against. We're not even that high in ranked. We're like probably middle. Like I think it's like you start out like neutral, then you get like was it bronze, silver, gold? Than like sapphire, emerald, ruby, and a diamond. Okay. So we're, so we're like a bu- we're in like sapphire. We're like quite literally like in the middle of the ranks. Um. So we're not that high. But some people, the only way we've ever gotten them out is if we hit them both at the same time with two players, and that's hard to coordinate sometimes, and harder to do oh, in yeah. the game. And like some of it's just insane with people. I like like I said, I don't see people streaming this. Um, I'm I'm not looking for it I'm sure there are people streaming it but I haven't watched people play it or like on a higher level play so like maybe they are just that good but some of it feels broken where it's like I I definitely should have hit that guy and he's still up though or when they throw a ball at me it's lightning fast even though it only has one charge on it and it should not be that fast so like I don't know. I'd be willing to get into a tournament with my friends and play with them, because it's like a three-man team, so we have enough. But I definitely wouldn't take it seriously. Like, oh, I'm the best Knockout City player in the world. It's like, that game's buggy as fuck. Like, I don't trust your skill level. You might have just gotten really lucky. So, same kind of like with Overwatch. It was never intended to be a competitive game. And the fact that they're making it esport and forcing it into this position is kind of janky, and like... It's like, oh, I'm the best Widowmaker. It's like, yeah, you're a sniper in a game that's not about sniping. Cool. Like, it's... I, I wouldn't take it as serious. um, But I could definitely see Knockout City tournaments happening. Like I like, yeah. it, it is a fun game. It is, you know, pretty simple to understand. It's dodgeball. It, but, like, once you start getting into it, it gets, like, nastier. and Like, it, it's hard. But, like, yeah, just... I don't know. Just the unstability that it has right now. I can't take it as serious as... That
0: makes sense, some people yeah. Are.
1: Also, I'm just not a competitive person.
0: Fair, yeah, I'm like, with you on that. That whole mentality of just like, we're just here having fun.
1: Yeah, my friend's like, oh, what, what rank are you? Like, I ranked up like the other one. It's like, oh, I haven't played rank like since the last time we played. Like, I don't play rank by myself, because like, that's not fun for me. Fun for me is just like, we go into a casual mode, you just fuck around. You win, cool. You lose, cool. <laughs> exactly. Um, but then yeah sometimes like competitive is like really competitive so it's like I don't I don't care. Yep. I Oh my, yeah. My skin that I got is blue instead of being purple if I got a higher rank. Okay, like that doesn't <laughs> matter to me. It's all cosmetic anyway. There's no real benefit of you know nothing more than bragging rights. Yeah. So I'm just like I don't care. That's um, fair. Speaking of that, speaking of competitive and all that, Pokemon Unite. It's honestly playing that more than I thought I would be for a MOBA. Yeah, wow. Yeah, still going. I'm still playing it, yeah. So, they had an update. They introduced a new Pokemon, so now we have Guardivoir as, like, the newest player, or newest character you can play as. There's rumors of a Blissey being a new support character coming up. Blissey's the evolved form of Chansey. Yes. Um, and so, for those characters, you start off the match as the lowest form of that Pokemon, and you evolve as the match progresses. And then there's some Pokemon, like Lucario, who just are in or are just, or Mr. Mime who are just in that form the entire time, and okay. evolve in the previous one. My question with that is, fucking why? Because you got Lucario, Mr. Mime, Snorlax, all in their like final, like all in that form the entire match. Yep. But there's Mime Junior, there's Munchlax, and there's some previous like baby form of Lucario. So oh they wow! Exist. I forgot. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even remember that. Yeah. So I'm like, they exist. So why is you know, Pikachu? Pikachu's always Pikachu. Right, like why not Pichu? Pichu evolves into Pikachu. Granted, Pikachu evolves into Raichu with a you know Thunderstone, so like maybe not stone evolutions, but like why why are some of these in the standard form this whole time and some of them evolve? That mm, I feel like there might be a, like a boost. I don't know if the evolutions are just like cosmetic or if there's actually like uh, with Slowpoke, if his attack speed gets a little faster when he pumps Slope Row or something like. Right, if there is a change in the actual stats of when they evolve. That's making me skeptical of why they're picking certain ones. Granted, if it just stays consistent, fine. But like, I don't know. It makes me question why they pick certain ones, or maybe those are just more iconic than the baby version. No one really gives a shit about Mime Junior, though. Not a ton of people care about Mister Mime to begin with. So like, no. But um, yeah, so I'm still playing that. I actually have a like, Pokemon now for every category. There's like Speedster, Attack, Defender, Support, all around. Um, and now I actually have a Pokemon for each category, which is convenient when you're doing casual or quick matches, they give you a roster of free Pokemon you can use. So I think there's like three or four free Pokemon you can use and it rotates out every week. Um, but in a ranked matches, you can only play the characters you own. So I never owned an all around character, which could be very beneficial for the team. So that was, that was tough to play in ranked matches when I didn't own that type of character. Uh, but now that I do, I can play as Lucario and do pretty well. But nice. It's very... Once again, with the with the ranks, it's very competitive. And at least with this game, it's kind of pay-to-win. You can get items, and you can upgrade your items with a, you know material. You can pay actual currency to get that material and upgrade your items higher and faster earlier. And that will actually have in-game benefits. So that's kind of the pay-to-win element of this. Okay. I don't think it's a ton where it's where it's like, oh, I have a level 10 item. That guy's a level 20 item because he paid for it. That'll single-handedly decide this battle. Like, there's a ton of other stuff that'll decide it. But right. I definitely think that helps. Uh, and it's not clear. You can't see what items the enemy's using or what level those items are. So it's not always clear of like, ah oh, that guy's, you know, he's a pay-to-winner. He's doing this. Unless they have, like, the cosmetic skin, which you can only get through purchasing stuff. Then it's like, ah, that guy spent money on this game. Clearly, yeah. Yeah um so it's not like a ton it's not like it's not like a blowout of like ah there's the people with the cosmetics that are just dominating everything and here's people without them like it's still pretty balanced for you know uh, effectively being paid to win um but w- like once again with the moba it's tough of like man i got mvp as you know slow bro i'm at the top lane no one even got to my goal no one scored at my goal at all i'm doing great and then the four f- four out of five other players on my team didn't do jack shit and we got dominated on, and the score is 20 to 930, which has happened. Um, Damn. So it's like, yeah, your team's got to be working well and together. If you're not all working on the same page, you're going to lose. So stuff like that happens a lot where I take screenshots of it when it's just a complete blow. And I think, I think 930-some to 20 was the biggest difference I've ever seen. Yeah,
0: that's intense.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's it's still fun. It's still real fun and real cool. And they got different game modes. They got quick battles, which are only five minutes in different areas and stuff. Um, I'd I'd be interested in seeing different maps for the main arena. That would be nice. But yeah, the game just came out, so but I'm hoping that'll be in future updates. Um, Guardavar is also an attacker. There's more attackers than any other category. That was a problem with Overwatch where DPS is just the most dominant class because I, I gotta get the highest kill to death ratio. I gotta get those kills. I'm a gamer, bro. Yeah. So that's kind of annoying. I'd like to see more all around, more defenders or more, you know, Blissey is supposed to be a support if that's a real rumor. So that'll be nice to see. Um, but yeah, it's weird playing games where it's like you're playing a mirror match where you're playing all the identical same players or same Pokemon on each side of the team. And then one of them just fucking Dominates you, and you yeah. really can't pinpoint why. It's like, what happened? We're the exact same Pokemon. Why is this team doing so much better? It's like they're just coordinating better, and that player knows how to play their Pokemon better. Like Snorlax, Snorlax is a true, honestly, god nightmare hell beast. If you know what you're doing, like he will, he is unkillable. If you know what you're doing, hell yeah, single handedly turn a tide to bat like of the match. So it's it's crazy how just one good player can carry a team. But it's not guaranteed. There's no promises because, sure. like, you can be the best player in the world if you're playing with like five, four other actual babies who don't know what they're doing. Like, yeah, you're gonna lose. Um, the meta is kind of. I talked about it before. Kill Zapdos at the two minute mark, you get the free scores on the other goals, and you kind of, and all those points are doubled. That's still kind of the meta. It's. I've seen. I played matches where we got Zapdos and lost. I played matches where. I've, the other team got Zapdos and lost, so it is possible. But boy, is it hard to like when you get Zapdos, it's just so powerful. So I'm still seeing if they're gonna nerf that in some way. Like we talked about. Either you get the fast goal score on goal or you can just score instantly, or your score your score is doubled if you score while Zapdos is out. Maybe not both.
0: Maybe yeah, not both. Both is insane, yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh but yeah, still playing that, it's fun. Uh, for anyone interested, I'm primarily playing Slope Bro, uh, Mr. Mime, Lucario. I don't really do attack. DPS, like attackers and DPS, there's always like one or two people doing that on the team, so I rarely do. Uh, but I think if I have to, I'm typically Ninetales, the Lola Ninetales. Ooh, nice. Hell yeah. yeah so that's cool. Um, but yeah, it's... it's cool seeing the differences like what pe- what Pokemon people like and stuff. My body mind means Wigglytuff which is <laughs> very strong. You wouldn't expect a Wigglytuff to be as strong as they are but yeah, god help you. Or like with me, Mr. Mime, the combo I do takes out like a quarter if not half of someone's health in one shot like it can be very powerful sometimes. You didn't so expect Wigglytuff
0: to be tough? It's in the name, Bren.
1: I, I expect it to be tough. like I expect it to be tanky. But Wigglytuff really deals out damage with like a double slap and a rollout move. It does a lot of damage. Damn! So it's surprising. Um, That's yeah, cool. It's fun mixing and matching different abilities and seeing which one's the best and stuff. Greninja, I just got Greninja recently. Ooh, uh, not a fan. Greninja's a cool Pokemon. It's very cool, like a frog ninja thing. Very cool. I'm not great playing them though. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's cool seeing them. Like they're better for the quick battles. Because the quick battles less about defending your goal and more of just scoring more on the enemies and stuff like that. Because uh, with quick battles, it's just like instant dunks and stuff. So it's fun. It's cool. It's a little weird and like buggy at times. Sometimes it'll glitch out, kick me out, and stuff. Not nearly as bad as Knockout City though, so I can't complain too much. Yeah, fair. Too much. Uh, one probably the biggest complaint to have. It's it's small, very small, but like complaint is uh, when you're loading a match, you can see all the Pokemon cards of who is fighting who like your teams, yeah. if you click on the Pokemon card, it'll turn and show you the trainer profile image, like their their picture that you can customize and change. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always show what you picked it as. So you just pick what your picture is, and that's what your picture is and how you always see it. But anytime in a match, you can have like three variations of your picture that are hmm. kind of different in some ways. And I don't know if that's intentional of like, oh, it changes sometimes. You never know quite what you'll get, but it'll be similar to what you wanted. Or if it is just a like, like bug where it's like, we're not loading these properly and it's just kind right. of bugging out. So that's kind of something because like if someone sees it, be like, oh, why did they choose, choose that picture? They might not have. That might <laughs> be, be in between between the default pose and what they actually chose. And it just isn't loading correctly. That's funny. So, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's just cosmetics. It's a little thing but i'm not i can't tell if that's a bug or not and if it's not a bug that's a weird choice i was going to
0: say it sounds like it is but uh to be determined
1: yeah we'll see uh, um yeah that's pretty much all i played that's cool yeah i
0: guess we can wrap this episode up i only have like one thing for show topics maybe if you have anything uh we could talk about that too but the I one gotcha. i all right uh, the one i wanted to shout out at least was uh Apparently, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania is getting a new playable character, and it's the it's beat from the Jet Set Radio franchise. And I'm like, bro, how many years too late is this? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm like, this is so incredibly cool. And it's like, and don't get years? me wrong, I love I love uh, Super Monkey Ball games. So it, like, this is already like a super selling point. Like, I usually don't pay for them because they're expensive, and it's like, I, I you only get so much uh enjoyment out of those kind of games and yeah. i don't know but playing as one of my favorite characters from one of my favorite games is like i'm more interested in this uh but yeah beat who the fuck even knows who that is other than me like that's <laughs> i'm i'm excited but man it just feels very strange
1: it's it's like yeah super monkey ball it's like hey or it, rather it'd be like if in uh the spider-man games like spider-man miles Morales, are like hey one of the playable skins you can play as is rocket the robot on wheels you know the N64 game Insomniac's made back in, you know, 98, that only yeah. I played in Rental from Blockbuster. It's like, what? Why Yeah. Now?
0: What? How about the Brave Little Toaster next? Like, none Hell of this, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. But it's but the one thing I will shout out in the little uh, uh, announcement trailer they had for it is that instead of collecting bananas, you're collecting graffiti cans. It's so cute. I'm very excited.
1: <laughs> oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they see the cyberpunk. No, was it cyberbomb?
0: Rush. oh yes uh the cyber funk uh, Cyberfunk bomb rush yes
1: um maybe they're seeing people getting excited for that and they're like hey shit maybe we should capitalize this as no, much as No
0: and that's what made me think when I saw this I'm like are they secretly making another Jet Set no, Radio game? Because no, like, if they actually so. are, I'm not. Because, and, but all I gotta say is, watch Cyberpunk finally drop, and then they're like, "Oh, by the way, we have the real deal coming out like a year from now." It's just That'd like, be well, so at least shitty. It because would like, be
1: everyone who worked on Jet Set Radio is now working on Cyberpunk, like effectively. Yeah. So it would just be like the IP owners being like, "Well, we got the we got the C Team Studio rigging up like there's zombies <sighs> now because they don't." It's like, just. This game topic.
0: franchise deserved better. I, at least we're yeah. getting Cyberpunk. That's all I got to say. Like I, that is yeah. to me the spiritual successor and I will be playing that day one, but man, it's just uh it, it feels like Sega did fuck up. It's like y'all had a great franchise. People love it. And you just l- forgot all about it. And and now we're bringing it back into super monkey ball for some reason.
1: For some reason, even me who didn't play it as a kid. So I don't have nostalgia for jets and radio um, playing it like pseudo recently on steam. It's a great game. It kind of controls like ass. Like the controls. Oh great yeah. Great.
0: The but OG one is not good.
1: Yeah, but like a modern game, like any modern game, could have easily make those like mechanics and gameplay smoother and stuff, and the grinding like more exce- like easier to play. Um, And that's what it was in Jet
0: Set Radio Future on the original Xbox. Like, that was a lot smoother than the Dreamcast experience Uh, by far. But even still, like, and yeah, the the story of uh, Jet Set Radio Future, like, the way that game wrapped up was just super psychedelic and fun and awesome. It felt like there could be a sequel, but not necessarily. It did feel like a decent wrap-up. But, man, I'm excited for Cyberpunk. But, yeah, this that was just an interesting little tidbit being like, beat in the year 2021. All right, we'll take it. Yeah, But I think that's going to do it for this episode. I have one other crazy show topic, but we'll save that for another day. Um, Brent, where can our listeners find you on the internet?
1: You can find me on Twitter, just taking up space and really not doing much with it uh, at Brendan, And then I also have another podcast called Are We There Yet? where we watch three episodes of an anime or a movie, give a recap of it, give our opinions of it. It's a good way to get a sampler pack of anime being like, I'm a little interested in this, but I want to watch it. Let me see what this is about. Uh, most recently we watched... Uh screw it. I don't know what we watched most recently. Watched, <laughs> Fair. Oh, we watched Odd Taxi, which is like Ooh. a crime sort of thriller anime with a lot of animal people based around Taxi. It's good. Mr. I ended up watching taxi, the of-
0: taxi Taxi. I'm sorry, that's a really bad K pop song <laughs> that I don't oh even like. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, listeners, check out that podcast. It's a lot of fun. And if you like our show, please give us a like, follow, subscribe. We're findable at all the places at ABTSilence, Uh Specifically, twitch.tv slash ABTSilence is where I'm streaming a variety of games. Actually, a variety now. I'm playing Harry Potter, uh, Lego games, uh, Pokemon Sword, and Fall Guys. Eventually, I'm looking forward to doing some more uh, trading card game, uh, like actual plays. Like, I was playing Harry Potter trading card game with my wife there for a minute. We're probably going to get around to trying out Metazoo at some point. So, if any of that interests you, uh, head over to that account and give us a follow. Um, also, I have a record label, it's missedoutrecords.com. If you want to see what kind of vinyl and tapes are available for sale over there, got some really cool, uh, exciting releases coming out this year. And the band that does our music, uh intro and outro music, is a band called Kinda All Right. Head over to kindaallright.bandcamp.com for more music from them. But that's gonna do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh see you next time. Bye. See ya